We're in the middle of a series right now where we are answering the question, what should you do when your plans seem hindered? We're using First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 19 as our main verses where Paul is talking to the church in Thessalonica and telling them that he wanted to go and visit them, but in his words, Paul says, but Satan hindered us. And so when he says that in verse 18, Paul is expressing to the Christian in Thessalonica that much as I was trying to go about to do God's will and to fulfill this mission, Satan hindered us. So we've been exploring that to see what do we do when we have been hindered? Paul uses that word hindered, which means to be cut in, to be impeded, or to be bumped off the track as it does sometimes among athletes. And so we said, look, what we do when our plans been hindered, are being hindered, we should do the several things. We should put up a fight of faith. Secondly, we should remember the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Thirdly, we mustn't cast away our confidence. Number four, we must keep our words in check. Number five, we must protect our soul from being weary. Number six, we must hold on to our vision. And number seven, we must decide to be a finisher. We've already talked about fighting the good fight of faith and holding on to vision. I will not go back to that. What we're going to discuss today is how to protect your soul from being weary. Many people get tired on the way because it looks like it's taking too long to get to the finish line. And you know, Satan will hinder you such that he gets you to a point where you totally give up. We see people in the Bible who gave up on their mission. They gave up on their vision. They gave up on their dream. They totally threw in the towel and totally gave up. So today I want us to see how we can do that or how we can protect our soul from being weary. Our soul can become weary, tired when our plans don't become a reality. Our souls can become weary when we keep running into obstacles. It demotivates us and we end up just stopping. You know, there are people who have stopped trying. They've given up on trying. They're no longer trying. You know, and when you try to go down the same road, they'll tell you that, boy, now I tried that thing. It didn't work. You know, and they, they, they have already acceded to the fact that it's not going to happen. Now, our soul according to the Bible, is composed of the following. You may want to write it down. Our soul is composed of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So, when our soul becomes weary, and I will read you a verse in a short while, it means then our mind gets affected, our will gets affected, and our emotions get affected. Our minds, first of all, start thinking negative thoughts and doubting the integrity of God's word if God's word is true. Or we start doubting the promises of God. The things that God promised you or the things that God spoke to you by his spirit, you start doubting and you are no longer sure if it will happen. So our mind gets into that mode. It becomes a negative mind and negative thoughts floods our mind. Our will starts vacillating 
and we start wondering whether is it worth following God's will? Is it worth doing this thing the right way? Can't I cut corners? You know, can't I steal? Can't I lie? Can't I cheat to get a job? Can't I kick right into a back door to finish this house? We start wondering if is it worth it really to still live by God's word? We start wanting to cave in to the wrong choices. Marriage is not coming the right way. Can't I linaki pandel? Umas pandel. Can't keep pandelama linna and steal somebody's wife or somebody's husband. Why are you quiet? Did you steal somebody's? And we start wondering if the church is not growing, can't I come up with fake prophecies? Can't I lie and cheat and steal? Because the church is not growing. It's not happening the way they told me. See, that's what we do. Our will starts vacillating. But even worst of all, our emotions dry out and we lose motivation. We lose motivation to reach the finish line. We stop pursuing. We start going after our dream. The children of Israel experienced this as they journeyed from Egypt to the promised land. They also had an assumption that because the path they were on was the path that God had chosen for them, they thought they will not be hindered. Oftentimes, we think that when the promises of God come our way, it's going to be easy to get there. And we sometimes assume, as I've said the other weeks, that because it is in God's will, we make the assumption that we shouldn't be having problems. And so they left Egypt, a difficult place, a hard place of oppression, where they were mistreated. They were always dreaming about this day, the day God takes them out of oppression, out of Egypt, to the promised land. But then something happens. As they were journeying to the promised land, the Bible says their soul became weary. Look at it with me in Numbers chapter 21, verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. It says, and they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. Now note the next part portion. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Yeah. The soul of the people was not just discouraged, but much discouraged because of the way. So they got very tired. The Bible in basic English says, and the spirit of the people was overcome with weariness on the way. So they became tired because it's taken too long. They became weary. They became discouraged. See, our soul can become discouraged. And that's why Satan hits us. He hits us in this realm of the soul. Our soul gets tired. We get discouraged. And once a person gets discouraged in their soul, it doesn't matter how much support you give them. You can have all the things that are needed to move forward. Once the soul of a person crashes in, they will just sit there aimlessly. They will just sit there and they will just be neutral. 
They will not laugh. They will not cry. They will not say yes. They will not say no. Or some of you, they will not even say amen. When you see somebody sitting there, neutral, totally disengaged, they disengage in the affair of life. They disengage in the journey of life. They have no interest whatsoever. Nothing excites them. Nothing hurts them. Nothing does anything. They are just sitting there neutral. They are very expressionless. And you know their soul is discouraged. They won't even lift up their hand to try. They just allow circumstances to carry them. They don't care anymore. That's what happens when the soul of the person is tired. Jesus, our Lord, when he was going to the cross, the Bible tells us that he went through that experience. Jesus, in his own journey, went through that experience. But I love what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. And the Bible says we must look up to Jesus as our example. He becomes our example to follow. Note, Hebrews 12, verse 3. It says, For consider him, which is Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners. See, you've got to endure something. Ah, I'm not talking to people who want to endure yet. You've got to endure something. You're going to stand against something. He endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You become tired in your mind. You faint. You, you, you become lifeless and listless in your mind. Our minds become weary and faint. Why? Because of opposition. Because it's taking long. You know, you can, you, can, you can engage in fighting to move on in life until you lose, you lose the spirit of fighting. I mean, really, you can try to do certain things so many times. You can fail a course so many times that you decide to die. You can have so many broken relationships that you decide to do what's working outside again. Even if somebody loves you genuinely, you can be so embittered with life. You can fail so much at leading a church that you just give up on it. It happens to all of us. And our minds become tired and become weary. The Good News Bible says, think of what Jesus went through. How he put up with so much hatred from sinners. So you have to be willing to put up with hatred. You have to be willing to put up with everybody being against you and everybody saying against you, you got to put up with it. Yeah, even if it's God's will. He was doing God's will, but he had to put up with hatred. Wow. It consider him who put up with hatred. The hate against sinners, against himself, from sinners, so that so don't let yourselves become discouraged and give up. So we let discouragement, we let hatred make us give up. People saying things, we give up. No, we don't give up. The Bible in basic English says, give thought to Jesus who has undergone so much of the hate of sinners against himself so that you may not be tired and feeble of purpose. We mustn't be people who are feeble of purpose. We must be people who are purpose-driven, who pursue power. I'm preaching to people in this house. I'm telling you, Christianity is not for sissies. 
Or let me put it this way. Being a believer or a follower of Christ is not for sissies. If we're now about Obama's baby, just forget being a follower of Christ. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Jesus says in this world, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. In this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, he says. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. You're going to face tribulation, Mara. Be of good cheer. Put a smile on your face. You're going into trouble, but be of good cheer, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. God doesn't want us to be feeble people. Hallelujah. So you see, when your vision gets delayed, like the children of Israel, it totally makes our minds to be weary, to be tired. But even worse, it makes our hope to be deferred. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. See, when hope is deferred, when hope is put off, makes the heart sick. But when you see the fulfillment of what you are doing, when you see the, the early signs of success, there's something about that. That it just gives you a spark of life. And I've had people who, who run. I've never run marathons or anything. But people who run the marathons, they'll tell you that, you know, one of the best things is when you're coming up almost and you're tired after hours of running and you can see the finish line over there. Just the sight of the finish line. Even if your muscles are cramping and your body is shouting at you, just the sight of the finish line, it gives you an extra something, something to get to the finish line. This is where many of the people who are playing sports right now, they say the biggest difference now in playing the sport is the fans are not there. You know those vuvuzelas? You know the fans, eh? There's something about the presence of the fans that just gives you an extra something, something. To go further. Can I hear an amen? amen? So hope deferred makes the heart sick. Listen, the NIV Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. New Living Translation says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. The Living Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come true at last, there is life and joy. <laughs> Stay on until at last. Can I hear an amen? Do, do I have some at last people who are here or says, finally it worked? Finally, I may have I may have studied for 13 years. Marok It may be 13 years later. Because my certificate can I hear a shout in the name in the house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when dreams come true at last, there's life and joy. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. The New Century Version says, it's said not to get what you hope for. But wishes that come true are like eating fruit from the tree of life. The contemporary English version says, not getting what you want can make you feel sick. But a wish that comes true is a life-giving tree. Now, here's the question. How then 
Can we protect ourselves from fainting and becoming weary? What can we do? I want to suggest the following things. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. So the antidote to getting tired is that we want to strengthen ourselves. I don't want my strength to be small. All right? So I want to develop strength. I want to develop inward strength. Because if I can develop inward strength, I will not give up. I will not be weary. I will not get tired. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad I came to church this morning. I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm watching Soweto TV this morning. I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm on Facebook and on YouTube. I'm glad I'm at the cathedrals this morning. Can I hear a name? I'm glad I'm hearing what I'm hearing this morning. The Bible in basic English reads in Proverbs 24 verse 10, it says, if you give way in the day of trouble, your strength is small. So I don't want to be one of those people who's the first to leave, the first to give up. No. I want to hold on till the end. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? But what will help me? Number one, learn to spend extended time in the presence of God. Isaiah 40, 28 talks about those that wait upon the Lord. Earring, they will renew their strength. There's a refueling that we experience when we come into the presence of God. Look what it says. It says, God gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Shem, bless them. Next verse, verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Next verse. But. Do we have some people in the house? They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall do what? Come on, let me hear you. They shall do what? Come on, let me hear you. They shall do what? They, they, they shall do what? They, they shall do what? They, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word renew is an amazing word in the Hebrew. It means to exchange. To exchange. So here we are. When you wait on God, there's an exchange that happens. Why? Because in the presence of God, that term I like to use, there's an interaction between your spirit and God's spirit and a divine exchange that happens. So that his strength becomes your strength. His power becomes your power. You exchange your doubt for his faith. You exchange your weakness for his strength. You exchange your discouragement for his boldness. There is a divine exchange that happens until you are so filled with what God has that you mount up with wings as eagles. You run. You are not weary. You walk and you don't faint. Why? Because you went into the presence of God and there was a divine exchange that happened there. There's nothing to equal coming into the presence of God when you feel like giving up and you feel like being tired and you feel like giving up and leaving everything. Even if you don't know what you say, get on your knees and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. 
and just stay in the presence of God. As you've heard me say sometimes at five o'clock, I just want us just to freestyle in prayer. There is no subject, there's no topic. I just want us to pray from our spirit because I know when we pray in the spirit, there's a divine exchange that happens. And I tell you, when you come out of there, you're a different man, you're a different woman. Even if things have not changed, that upholds me, that strengthens me. Because there's been a divine exchange. Come on, somebody. There's been a divine exchange. There's been a, I see a divine exchange happening in your life. Divine exchange. When Peter spent time in the presence of God, this man who used to be filled with fear and he was afraid of his peers, but on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and when he stood up to preach, he went to preach to the people he was afraid of. He went to face the people he was afraid of. He says, you men and women, do not be surprised by what you see. These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken by God through the prophet Joel when he said in the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I see the power of God upon your life raising you up. The same Peter when he prayed for a man at the gate of beautiful and the very people he used to be afraid of when they brought him before the courts and they were persecuting him and challenging him and they told him to stop preaching. He said, well, it's up to you. Whether whatever you want to do, do whatever you do. As for me, I will obey God rather than men. And the Bible says they couldn't withstand the wisdom with which he spoke and they took notice that he had been with Jesus. Do we have people who have been with Jesus in this place? Something about his presence. When you come into his presence, you renew your strength. You renew your strength. May those of you who are weak, may you be strengthened today. You renew your strength. I said you renew your strength. You renew your strength. This is what a service like this does to you. God renews your strength. Hallelujah. 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 So spend extended time in God's presence. Number two, keep your eyes on God's promises. And remind yourself of what God says. Keep your eyes on God's promises. Don't lay aside what God said. Walk by faith and not by sight. Number three, encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Sometimes you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Stop that. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. When you can do all, you are not hearing what I'm saying. I tell you, I do that sometimes. I look at myself in the mirror and say, Wena, you are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. That's what God said about you. Oh, yeah. Let me conclude. Yeah, Learn to not give up and allow yourself to be hindered. Pursue God's vision. For your life till the final outcome outcome. But then there's something about it when you learn to pursue. You know what to pursue. People give up quickly. 
Let me show you what pursuing will do to you. Pursue. Pursue, pursue. Number one. When you pursue, it will energize you with vision and desire. When you're a man or a woman who pursues, you'll be energized with vision. You'll be energized with desire. Because you have that heart to pursue. Number two, when you pursue, it will stir up your creative and unique abilities that lie dormant on the inside of you. Sometimes you only realize what you carry in you when you are pushed to the limit. Have you ever we create uno was I I know you are born again. But you know, it's really clapper, it escaped. Mara, it escaped because you were in such a tight corner. You, you had not intended to eat. So Mara, it's being pushed to the limit that put it out of you. You consciously didn't rohakana. You just rohakana from what was full inside of you. And afterwards, See, pursuing brings you to the limit of what you consciously do and puts you in the avenue of what has been programmed on the inside of you. Some of you, you have strength that you don't know you had. Some of you, during this time, you've suffered a lot of loss. You've gone through so much. Mara, look at you. You are still here today. In spite of the pain, in spite of the hurt, in spite of the disappointment, in spite of the confusion, look at you. You are still here. You didn't know you have so much strength. You didn't know you have so much ability. When you push yourself to pursue, my goodness, you will discover strength in you that you didn't know you had. Somebody said, if you want to see God come to your aid, get to the end of your strength. I will take over from here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number three. Pursuing gets you focused on your path and your purpose. See, when you are a person of pursuit, you become focused on your path. Focused on your purpose. You kind of log on. You, you kind of zero in. It's like you log on to your target. Like a missile. You keep locked on and you're not, you're not going anywhere. That's where I'm going. Number four, pursuing causes you to be diligent until you obtain. You work hard until you obtain. I love this one. Number five, pursuing will make you to rise from disappointment. Even if you've had a bad spell, or a bad round, or a bad patch, you still rise because you pursue. I love to see boxers who get knocked down and they get up but they put up such a fight that they end up knocking the other guy down as the fight continues. I love that kind of a boxer. I love people who, 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 who come back. 
I like the great returns. I like the great comebacks. I love to see people that were dismissed just coming back into life again. I see you coming back in the name of Jesus. And number six, pursuing makes your life purpose-driven instead of circumstance-driven. And it gives birth to the fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. God has things in store for you, my friend. Even you watching from home, on YouTube, on Facebook, right here in this auditorium, in all the cathedrals, God has a plan for your life. And there's nothing but nothing that will stop that plan from coming to pass. Only person is you. Even when Satan tries to hinder you, if you will not cave in, if you will not allow yourself to be weary, to be tired, your mind to cave in, your soul to cave in, you may not get there today to the finish line, but one day is one day. You will get there. Because the vision is for an appointed time. Even if it delays, wait for it to come to pass. Maybe for you, the starting of this journey is in receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. You've heard that God changes lives. You've not been sure about it. But today, whether you're in this auditorium or watching on television, you need prayer. You want a new start. I really would like to take time to pray for you. I want you to take a step this morning of accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. And if that is you and you want to receive Christ, where you are, just raise your hand, please. If you're in this auditorium, raise your hand, please. I want to pray for you. Would you follow me in this prayer? Pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart. And for making me a child of God. In Jesus name. Amen.